brought to you by Charity Mobile, the phone company that shares your values. More information is available at CharityMobile.com. Hey folks, this is Anthony Stein. The video you're about to watch was recorded before all the Father Frank Pavone scandal and controversy came down over the weekend. In fact, I recorded it hours before it happened. And then a series of events happened involving the laicization of that priest. And we began to look at the, a lot of people began seeing the events that were coming out of Rome and realized that there are things being done to distract us from what's really going on. And this story today is the thing they're trying to distract you from. The other story, and I'll cover that later in the week, is the sudden revelation that Francis signed a document for resigning the papacy if he, if his health gets bad enough, which isn't in news anyway. He's told us this before. But it's very clear that we are being distracted from something, and what we're being distracted from, well, you'll see. So, that having been said, remember to keep this in mind. The Father Frank Pavone story, keep that in mind as we see, and the, and the, the Francis resignation letter story. Keep those in mind as things that they're distracting you from as we talk about this story here about the bishops and all the other things going on that I cover here in this video. Thanks for tuning in. When the secular world praises the church for its quote-unquote reform efforts, you know there's a problem. Part of any reform is getting the problem personnel out of their positions of authority and replacing them with personnel who reflect the values and direction that the new bosses want for the organization. Take a look at Twitter as an example. It's as true for the Catholic Church as it is for anywhere else really in fact. A major American secular publication is now praising the Catholic Church for its liberalizing reforms that had been spurred on by the Ted McCarrick problems in the church in the past few decades, while the reality is something darker. Men associated with hiding those problems from the general public get promoted by their brother bishops, while Francis appoints men to the most critical offices in Rome who will make things worse on a doctrinal and theological level, and that will feed into the Ted McCarrick problem itself. Case in point, Francis just appointed one of the brightest stars of the young modernist bishops to a critical office in Rome, one that had been held by Benedict XVI as Ratzinger beforehand. This move signals that the man will be made a cardinal soon and will be, by extension, eligible to be pope. From Arate Celi, we get this headline. A Christmas surprise? Francis to name uber-modernist German bishop as prefect for the doctrine of the faith. He's a German bishop, too. What else does that signal? The story comes originally from Mason Latino, an Italian-language news site that I often cite for reports here. The report is succinct, and it's translated by Rorate Celi. Quote, Our sources in the highest places would now confirm, though we know that the Holy Father is unpredictable to the last, that the next prefect of the dicastery for the doctrine of the faith will be Bishop Heiner Vilmer, whose doctrinal the doctoral thesis deals with none other than the modernist adjacent Maurice Blondel and not in a critical way. Current Bishop of Hildesheim replacing current Prefect Cardinal Luis Francisco Ladaria Ferrer in Propagatio since July 1st, 2022. A theologian, member of the Dehonian Order, well known for his ultra-progressive ideas, he went so far as to state in a delirious interview in the Kolnerstadt Anzinger of December 14th, 2018, that, quote, abuse of power is in the DNA of the church, an absurd and heretical thesis. Unfortunately, if confirmed, this would be a very bad Christmas present from St. Martha's house, 
given also his ultra-progressive positions advocated in the infamous synod taking place in Germany. Rather than Christmas time for the church, it seems that we are entering a late winter. End quote. The German bishop should be happy, even though Francis has in other places taken down some of their ideas. But this move would be a little like making Cardinal Supic the prefect for the dicastery of the clergy, or Pastor Jimmy Martin of the Jesuit Church, the head of some moral integrity oversight board for the Vatican. To give you an idea of the ramifications of this bishop being given this office, he was named a bishop in 2018. He's young, and is described by those who know him as a dyed-in-the-wool Francis Bishop. In the summer of 2021, he was asked by LaCroix International about the state of the church. In his interview response, he said a lot of good-sounding things about the misuse of power and the Ted McCarrick problem in the church that started in Boston back in 2003, or at least being was made publicly known in 2003 in Boston. But then he dropped a dime on the church saying the following, quote, When Bishop Vilmer opened the diocesan phase of synodal process on October 23rd, he told the Catholics of Hildesheim that the Pope wanted, quote, to turn the church on its head. The bishop went on to insist that the distribution of power within the church must change. There must be an end to above and below in the usual clerical manner, Vilmer emphasized. A new view of the morality of the flesh is called for, and we must think again about the role of the priesthood, he said. We need gender-just participation in the church, end quote. You could read that to mean that he and Francis want women in the priesthood, though again, Rome said recently that that just wasn't going to happen anytime soon, and thankfully, I'm, I'm hoping that they stick to their guns on this. Now, this new bishop is a modernist of the worst kind, and he's taking on the same office that Cardinal Ratzinger held before he became Pope Benedict XVI. But this brings us to our main event. It's not exactly news to say that the Catholic Church has been subject to pressure from the secular world to change. That's been the case in the entire post-war period, honestly, for the last 70 years or so. Almost 80 years in the media and governments have been putting pressure on the church to liberalize, to embrace the moral norms of the day, or at the very least to not actively resist the moral changes going on in the culture. All too often, the institutional church has been all too happy to oblige. The history of the church since the council and the since the war really has just been one case of another of this happening. The Atlantic recently published an article celebrating how this has been ramped up under Francis and it hints at new changes to come. Headline from the Atlantic, the reinvention of the Catholic Church. Scandals have taken a toll and faith is flagging in Europe and the U.S. But Catholicism isn't on the wane. It's changing in influential ways. Changing in influential ways is a red flag, of course. When influential secular outlets celebrate the changes in the church, things have obviously gone awry. The article opens, though, by painting a picture of a Catholic wedding involving a high-profile Catholic politician who had been married and divorced numerous times over in the UK, all without sanction from the church. This is characterized as progress for the same church that famously had not tolerated such things in the very recent past. That story is, of course, contrasted to the evidence that across the West, mass attendance and use of the sacraments are in freefall, as many public Catholics are out of step with the public. They cite the highest judicial body in the United States as one example of this. By public Catholics, they pretty much say, in fact, any high-profile traditionalists, as if those of us holding to the old faith are the ones pushing people out of the church. It's not us doing that, folks. Guarantee it. Regardless, that is all followed by this. Quote, Together, these episodes point to an incongruous recent development. 
Catholic Church's assertive presence in public life, even as Catholic faith and practice recede in families, schools, and neighborhoods in America and across Europe. As John T. McGreevy observes in Catholicism, a global history from the French Revolution to Pope Francis, signs that the Church has lost vitality are abundant. Europe has seen parish closures, shrinking numbers of priests, dwindling attendance at weekly mass, and steady departures from the faith. In the U.S., more than a third of people raised Catholic, quote, no longer identify as such. The clerical uh, Ted abuse scandals have ravaged the churches of credibility, cost of billions of dollars, and put some of its leaders under criminal investigation. At the same time, a rich variety of evidence suggests that, the, that Catholicism isn't on the wane. It's just changing. In recent decades, the Pope, first John Paul II, then Benedict, and now Francis, has become a ubiquitous global figure, made so through jet travel, mass media, and a cultus of personality. The view of human dignity framed in the 1930s by Catholic philosopher Jacques Maritain and enshrined in a United Nations declaration in 1948 has become a benchmark for international law and human rights efforts. Africa, once seen as, quote, pagan missionary territory, is now home to a sixth of the world's Catholics, 230 million people, and high birth rates and high rates of adult conversion, McGreevy writes, mean that the African influence within the global church will continue to grow. In the U.S., the recent arch-Catholic remaking of the High Court is likely to shape public policy for decades. End quote. Almost like contrasting views there here, painting a picture of a church internally divided. Now, that article does go on to describe and accurately, unfortunately, as Vatican II being the culmination of nearly two centuries of geopolitical events that pressured the church to embrace modernity and to soften its teachings on numerous topics. Throughout it is an expectation that we've only just begun to see modernization of the church under Francis, and that's unfortunately also an accurate assessment if there ever was one. Francis isn't leaving the papacy anytime soon, folks. He's going to be here for a while. The only mistake the article makes is in thinking that the bishops in Rome are concerned about their credibility in America or anywhere else. The bishops in America just named one of the worst bishops involved in sweeping Ted McCarrick-type problems under the rug to a position of key authority in Rome on the issue of making sure the priests in the church were safe. <sighs> yeah, credibility isn't something they're all that concerned about, folks. That's just the sad state. That's just the sad fact in our time. ComplicitClergy.com gives us this story where Bishop Barry Nestout made a priest with some pretty nasty allegations against him a public pastor without telling his new congregation about his past problems. That bishop is now in charge of making sure the clergy are good in America. The article was written by George Neumeyer, and it illustrates perfectly how, in many ways, the bishops haven't learned a thing from the recent Ted McCarrick mess. They really haven't, folks. This is Most of these reforms are just for show. The priest that the article focuses on was caught engaged in <clears throat> James Martin activities in a public park by law enforcement with another adult male. He was convicted of indecent activities by a judge, then had his record cleared a few months later for good behavior. Then the priest got moved around a few times by the bishop and then promoted. In that article, quote, In subsequent years, Father Ball, the priest in question, amazingly enough on the, enough on the diocese, serves now on the diocese's canon law tribunal. I asked a priest who was a canon lawyer if it's kosher for a priest guilty of public offenses of the flesh to serve in such a capacity. No, that's wrong, he said, but such service is, quote, up to the bishop. Bishop Nestout, who served as confidential secretary to the 
notorious monster Theodore McCarrick during a stint in Washington, D.C. Nestout also lived with McCarrick during the period. Clearly didn't mind. Indeed, Nestout thought so highly of Father Ball that he made him pastor of St. Augustine Parish in 2018, a position in which he remains to this day. A priest commented to me that his colleagues find it very, quote, strange that the bishops would select Nestout to lead their, quote, protection committee, given his close association with a figure like McCarrick. Yeah, the priests in that diocese are aware that this is a problem, but the brother bishops don't seem to care. Anyway, continuing. But now that perception is likely to grow more intense in light of Nestout's promotion and protection of Father Wayne Ball. When I asked Ball to give me details on the age of the man in the car with him in 2003 and other related matters, he hung up on me. End quote. This story is only surprising if you're not aware that all the changes made to prevent future Ted McCarrick from happening again in the church are frankly superficial. They refuse to deal with the core problem. They're simply meant to keep the lady placated and create the illusion that their institutional forces in the church care at all about the issue but in the reality, the problem is a modernist understanding of morality and the presence of a high number of men of the um, James Martin persuasion in the clergy. Rome flat out refuses to do anything about that, for pretty obvious reasons, I think, at this point, and the U.S. Conference of Catholic Bishops signaled that they were unwilling to do anything about it either. So while the world crows that the Vatican is reforming the church in keeping with their values as a consequence of the 2003 scandals and Vatican II, in reality, all this stuff we see is just more modernism being foisted upon the church. The powers in B in Rome don't care about the laity in any real meaningful way. So now I have to ask you, are these promotions of modernists and monsters all that surprising to you? Should we be concerned that a bishop is being named to the Congregation for the Doctrine of the Faith who is a young hypermodernist? Bishop Vilmer will almost certainly be made a cardinal at the next consistory, which will probably happen in August of 2023. It hasn't, nothing's been formally announced yet, but don't be surprised if the next few months I bring you news of another consistory. Now, what about the case of uh, that, that priest, Father Wayne Ball and Bishop Nestow? Does that surprise you that a bishop tied directly to Ted McCarrick would be given the promotion he got? Let me know in the comments, please, what you thought of all this. And uh, like and subscribe if you haven't. It really does help. Sharing this on social media helps a lot as well. As always, pray for the church. I'm Anthony Stein. Ave Maria.